and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is Procrastination to Action. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests. Thank you so much for joining me today. Could you all just introduce yourselves and let us know who you are? I'm Tara McLaughlin. I'm Head of Employer Engagement at Lancaster University. I'm Julian Morris, and I'm one of the university's mental health advisors that work in the university counselling and mental health team. And I'm Sue Edwards. I work in the Central Careers team. I'm the um, Careers Widening Participation Manager. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, So I'm sure we've all been there. We've clicked on that next episode. We've tidied our houses instead of working. We've spent a bit too long on social media. And managing our tasks is an important part of anyone's success. So why is it that we procrastinate? So for me, in my role, one of the reasons that I procrastinate is because I've got a lot of different tasks that need different kinds of brain space. So I do a lot of work with spreadsheets. I'm a people manager, so I have to have some emotional intelligence and some conversations with my team about their um, workload. Um, but also I need some thinking time, some planning, strategy, preparation time. So for me, I procrastinate quite often because I don't quite know which task to work on first or indeed where to start on some of the tasks because they've got lots of different um, complexity to them. Uh, so so quite often I, I don't really know which string to pull on first. I would really agree with some of that there, Tara, that um, procrastination often happens when there's lots of things to do or you're feeling maybe a bit overwhelmed with the amount of things that need to happen. And it may be being overwhelmed with how much reading needs to be done for an assignment or how much work needs to be done on that job application. And also perhaps some of that pressure that this needs to be done. So it's there's a bit of anxiety there sometimes as well. So and, and that's not a nice feeling, is it, when you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed? So sometimes procrastination is a little bit of a um, a self-preservation strategy to uh, reduce the stress load a little bit. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing, but um, maybe too much social media or too much of things. And maybe it's about recognising when um, it is too much procrastination. But I'm sure we'll come on to that soon. Yeah, I I agree with everybody else really um but it's that thing isn't it between procrastination becoming a way of kind of getting by and getting through the day and you know putting some things off that you should be doing and then there's that bit there's a tipping point where it becomes sort of a chronic issue that is uh you know very it's, it's your default habitual setting so you it's your habit to procrastinate rather than pull it back so it's for those people i suppose when we work with them in the sort of a mental health setting, that it does impact on other parts of their mental faculties. It can be the problem in itself and it can also be a symptom of other things. I think as well, one of the things in our current society is that there's so much conflicting information coming in or, or information coming in from lots of different sources and we're all kings and queens of multitasking. How many of us have put on our application forms? Um, I'm, I'm expert at multitasking but actually there's something to be said about monotasking and, and just concentrating on one job at a time so that you're not distracted in lots of different ways and maybe not achieve anything because you're trying to do too much in a, in a short period of time and then getting despondent because you feel at the end of it that you haven't really done as much as you think. So there's quite a lot of research online about monotasking rather than multitasking and there's a skill to doing that as well. So Tara, you've started to bring in some real good tips there. Has anyone got any other tips to avoid procrastination? 
part of my tip around procrastination is not necessarily avoiding it or or uh, or doing it is understanding why you're doing it and really trying to you know what what is it are you doing it because it's an avoidance tactic are you doing it because you actually need some headspace but really trying to understand what's the reason behind your procrastination if it's that you're uncertain about something or fear of failure whatever's behind it there'll be a reason that's behind it and sometimes it might just be that you need headspace and actually you just need to I don't know play Sudoku on your phone or whatever it may be to kind of just clear your head because sometimes those great ideas can come through when you are you know you've got a bit more headspace but if there's other reasons you're feeling overwhelmed then perhaps that's when you need to start thinking about okay what are my strategies here and it may be looking at breaking things down into smaller chunks so that they're easier to manage and don't feel quite so scary it may be that you've got deadlines in the diary to help you to you know get that motivation and certainly for me I need a deadline right up my backside to rocket me into action and you know whether that's a good thing or not is completely debatable but that means I need to schedule in lots more smaller deadlines to help me get to that big one. So Sue's just mentioned some um, ideas around breaking tasks into manageable chunks and that's I think really important because Sometimes we procrastinate because we're overwhelmed. We don't know where to start. And somebody, a wise person, once said to me a long time ago, don't try and eat the whole elephant at once because you'll never manage it. Start nibbling at its toes. And so for me, when I've got a big job on my to-do list, it's often something that's enormous. It's got lots of multiple elements to it. So you might have on your to-do list, write my dissertation. Well, that's a series of a whole bunch of things to do. Reading, Uh, looking at literature reviews, doing some research, primary research or secondary research, and and really distilling what you want to do in that that, um, dissertation piece. I use a method called the Pomodoro method, which is used by some psychologists in Yale or Harvard. Um, Apologies if that's incorrect. And the idea of the Pomodoro method is based on the cookery timer that is shaped like a tomato, an old-fashioned sort of stopwatch for cookery. And the idea is that you break your work into chunks of 25 minutes, working on one task dedicated for 25 minutes. You then break your focus for five minutes and you can go and do whatever you want to do in that time. It could be play a couple of games of Candy Crush, go and have a cup of tea, but refresh yourself and then come back and either continue the same task or, or start a new one, a different task that you know needs needs to be finished. There's quite a lot of uh, resources online. One I use is Focus Keeper, which is an iPhone app. There's also Pomodoro Timer for Android. And it's a little countdown that breaks things into 25 minutes that allows you to work on one thing, achieve so much more because you're just doing that one thing rather Rather than trying to multitask with Facebook open on one side, maybe thinking about managing lots of different tasks at once, just concentrating on one thing at a time. Nice. That sounds like a really good way. Um, when we work with students who've got procrastination, the one thing we ask them to do is actually read about what procrastination is and look at what the definition is and actually see themselves reflected in the literature that sort of helps students support them uh, support themselves around um, trying to understand what procrastination is. I think they, people see it as, as being a minor issue when actually it can be quite a major issue. And I think by actually reading literature that actually describes and defines it and actually gives some solutions around how you can actually overcome it, 
people kind of gain a bit of comfort, a bit of understanding about their issues by actually reading about what it what it means. And that's always the first port of call. I think they, we call it psychoeducation. So it's kind of understanding yourself in relation to the literature on a particular issue. So I think that's a very good place to start before even progressing on to more strategy-based interventions that you might, might do yourself or with your therapist. Mm, and I think that's really interesting what you're saying, because one thing that is appearing through what everyone is saying is that you all work in different ways and different things work for you. And I think something that is important, like you've said, is working out what organisational and motivational strategies work best for you. Uh, so in addition to what Julian's just spoken about, is there anything else that, um, any other ways that you can work that out? I suppose in terms of the literature, there are there's a really good organisation, I'll plug uh, an organisation called CCI, which is an Australian self-help platform. A lot of their intervention, interventions are based on cognitive behavioural therapy and they have a wide menu of different types of issues you might be experiencing. Procrastination is one. But if you work through their literature, there is a, you, you, there's small tasks that they set you throughout their workbooks, but it's about just you reflecting on yourself in relation to it. It's just, you know, again, it's a slow start, but then you can build up to see exactly, you know, what excuses you make when you procrastinate or what are your unhelpful habits and behaviours that you exhibit trying to sort of counterbalance those uh, and you know, do things that are the opposite to, to maybe what your natural instinct is telling you to do. So that's a really good programme to sort of work on for students. Yeah, I really like that. How can students access that, Julian? It's cci.health.wa.gov.au and it's all free, the materials that they have there. Amazing. I think for me, um, and, and possibly for, for others who kind of have the same disposition as me, which is, is I'm quite a personable person. I like to chat. I like to be socially quite active. And it's it's difficult at the moment with lockdown. Let's not pretend that it's it's normal. Routine is really important. And I know we're not talking about lockdown or, or any peculiar anomalies of our working environments or our studying environments at the moment. But routine, for me, helps me stop procrastinating. And I think by allowing yourself a routine that says I will do some reading today it might not be a lot but it will be some reading I will look at the feedback I got from my last essays as a part of a routine in your week then you've you've kind of got some structure to your day and I think that's particularly difficult for students because your timetable can be quite varied your social life can be very varied your working arrangements can be very peculiar you're called in on shifts or or you have some ambiguity about how your day is structured and certainly when I'm in the workplace I have quite a, a detailed structure a detailed timetable so that I know that I have a certain period of time where I can concentrate on certain tasks and my colleagues around me know that I'm concentrating on certain tasks and not to disturb me if I'm doing kind of quite complicated stuff but allowing yourself that routine then starts to build new habits going back to to what others have said and those habits can then become healthy and counter the the maybe unhealthy habits that you're picking up around procrastination. I think that's really good and if you speak to students who've been on placement years who have a year out and then they return for their final year actually one thing that they say works really well for them is they do uh, like 10 or 4 in the library or however long their working day is and they treat studying like a working day 
And there's research that suggests, and I can't tell you the exact research, but their grades increased by, I think, like 10% or something. It's quite a lot. And a lot of that is due to those kind of routines and that working kind of life. So that might be something that you can use if you're looking for some real practical tips. There's lots of practical tips out there. I think I think if you're really chronically bad with your procrastination, slowly moving towards wherever you want to be is a good thing as well. So obviously the 25 minutes in the half an hour and five minutes is great. But to begin with, just doing five minutes in that half hour period and slowly, inc- you know, and get your stopwatch out and time it and then slowly, you know, extend that five minute period as much as you can. Because basically if you, if you did that method and you extended it even by like three or four minutes, every time by the end of the day you will be working very near towards the 25 the 25 minute things but i just think for some people not being overfaced at the beginning with time just doing five minutes is is enough especially when they're not doing anything at all <laughs> and i think what you're talking about there julian is is breaking the habit isn't it really you, you know when we've got into that bad habit or uh, of procrastinating and there's a tendency there when you're procrastinating that that in itself causes anxiety because the task hasn't gone away it's there and then that becomes even more overwhelming so the procrastination because you're feeling overwhelmed is then potentially amplified so to be able to scale it back to like you were saying really understanding why you're procrastinating what your patterns are the reasons why it's all happening and then challenging yourself to you know just do the small bit just to break that cycle of you know watching Netflix playing Candy Crush whatever it may be that you're doing other than the tasks that you um, want to be doing and I guess that's another thing isn't it you know do you actually want to do this what are the consequences if you don't do this does it need to be on your list you know of things that you have to do and if it's a task that actually you can get rid of probably not your dissertation that's probably not one you're going to be able to get rid of but there may be things that are on your to-do list which are feeling overwhelming that you can potentially scratch off so thinking about you know is it important to you to do and is it urgent for you to do well in that case yeah it is just get on and do it if it's important to you but not urgent well get it in your diary so that you know uh, you know you've got a time set aside if it's not important to you but it does need to be done. See if you can delegate it to somebody else. And if it's not important to you, doesn't need to be done, then ditch it, you know, get get rid of it. So that's another thing, really kind of looking at your workload and seeing if you can move it about a bit so you can reduce it and make it feel a bit more manageable. I think in the in the long term as well, reflect on how good it feels when you've completed that task. We're human. We we work to reward quite often or to self-satisfaction. It's, it's a natural instinct. So when you've got the job done, when you've read that piece of um, literature or when you've you've got to the end of that data crunching that you need to do, just check in on how you feel. There's been plenty of jobs that I've had to do in my, my life where I've put them off and put them off and put them off. And I spent using the Pomodoro method, I spent some time, I got it done. It didn't take as long as I thought it was going to do. It was evaluated by other people who thought it was great. They gave me really positive feedback. And quite often, you put off jobs that really aren't that intimidating once you've got into them and have got them done. So just reflect on on those small wins, those five-minute wins, those 25-minute wins. Write yourself a little post-it note to say, you know, well done. Write yourself a little note to say, thumbs up, fantastic, you, you've achieved. If you've got a to-do list, 
tick things off, use a, a bright shiny marker to kind of celebrate your success that you've moved through and have actually achieved something because there is a buzz to be got from moving forward. So it's it's important to to kind of celebrate the success as well. Sometimes on my to-do list, I don't even have things on my to-do list and I write them on and then cross them off, even though I've done them. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. I think writing things down, keeping a record, reflecting is really, really good. And a lot of people just don't do not do that. And again, that you're saying again, you know, writing down the three good things that you've done that day or three, three things that you've overcome and just keeping that reflective record because we do kind of, you know, again, that, that having a record that we have achieved is really, really important, even if it is small things. The other thing as well, I would say, just kind of move it on, is, is we, it's not obviously we're looking at academic procrastination at the moment, but people, when they often procrastinate, procrastinate about other areas of their life as well. So it depends on what, what, what you are, are procrastinating about. And sometimes to try some of the, the other techniques out on those other areas of your life of maybe lesser importance, if they are of lesser, lesser importance, then you can gain a bit of a men- momentum and take them into your, your academic procrastination as well so you can try the techniques and the strategies out that you're procrastinating in other areas and bring it into academics and then you can kind of build on that and you get become a bit anti-procrastination focused I suppose. I really like it there's some really good tips there but we know that in the real world sometimes we don't get through our to-do lists and I'm sure we've all been there we've had a really great plan for the day we've been motivated but something's come up or something's got in the way and we haven't achieved everything that we wanted to have you got any good tips as to how to not beat yourself up when you don't manage to complete everything that you plan to do? So I guess the thing that I'm reflecting on there is that actually a person in that situation who has been sidetracked because other things have come up has been prioritising throughout their day what needs to happen. You know, there's more urgent things that are possibly more important that need doing more immediately. So actually, it's not that that person has procrastinated in a negative way. They've just readjusted their priorities. So rather than looking at, I haven't achieved, it's looking at, actually, these are the things that I have achieved. So maybe reframing at times can be very useful in that situation. But I'm I'm not... if things haven't been done on a to-do list because of that genuine procrastination, then I think that's a slightly different issue. I'd say people aren't kind to themselves. We always have a, we have a critical and we have a compassionate voice inside us and we let the critical voice come to the fore. So again, it's about counteracting that. And, you know, I think the keeping a record of the positive things that you've done is a really, really good thing. And also as well, you know, when you set off on that to-do list of the day is making that to-do list realistic to have flexibility in there, to allow for spontaneity, to not have it too overfacing, that you give yourself too many tasks to do. So that time that's taken at the beginning of the day, and again, it's to kind of appreciate that on certain days, certain other activities are going to take place that day as well that are going to have an effect on your ability to do all the tasks that you need to and to you know not be as hard on yourself as you possibly would be. Help others to help you as well. Um, there's nothing worse than setting your mind out Uh, first thing on a Monday morning to say I am going to do this and then your chum rings you up at half past one and says hey fancy some lunch again in this current climate that's a bit challenging but hey fancy a zoom chat with me and eight other people you don't want to say no you don't know how to say no and actually it feels quite uncomfortable to say no so be honest with them maybe up front and say look next Monday I'm going to be a bit out of action I'm not going to be on Facebook I'm not going to be on Twitter or Snapchat or WhatsApp 
because I really need to nail this. Give them the foresight that you're um, out of office in inverted commas um, that you're out of out of action for the day you can catch up they'll probably rearrange their plans so they can accommodate you because they're your friends and they're your pals but if you let people know what your priorities are around you it's much easier to say no because you've already given them the heads up that actually I really need to crack on with this so please don't pester me for for social stuff because I really can't do it on Monday but Tuesday bring it I'm 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 ready to play but if you allow people to know what your your pressures and priorities are then then they'll respect that and uh, and come to you when you're ready and in a world of social media and notifications that is I think for me personally one of my biggest distractions and my biggest procrastinators so even just putting your phone on flight mode for half an hour off using the Pomodoro method for that 25 minutes just turning your phone literally over on the desk so you can't see your screen turn the notifications off on your Apple watch or your Fitbit or whatever you've got and just having that 20 minutes notification free can be really good and again with that you know there are apps and stuff out there that's a bit of kind of like contradictory that actually stop you from (laughs) using your phone and your stuff there's things like that that you can do and it's about you know it's about learning how to to, to, to say no to social media, isn't it? But there are apps and stuff that are out there that would limit that as well. It's particularly good ones called Hold. Um, again, you can just Google Hold app. Just I'm plugging lots of businesses today. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. But that's a demonstration, actually, that this isn't a problem that's just yours. People are making serious consideration to this in the in the apps world you know people are creating tools and techniques to help everybody overcome this so I think it's quite clear from the people that are on this podcast that we're all struggling with it but you know the fact that there's an industry out there that's creating tools techniques help guides tests apps that can switch off these distractions just demonstrates the um, the impact that procrastination has across across all of us whether you're a student or a retired professional um, and everywhere in between mums dads parents whatever carers um, we all have have this as a, a sort of psychology going on in our lives and and there's lots of help out there to to try and overcome that and there's lots of tips and techniques that will suit different people's learning styles and different people's sort of psychologies and ways of working pomodoro might not work for you you might be one of these people who actually needs quite a lot of stimulus equally lists might not be the way forward because actually your list ends up to be 17 pages long and you decide you need to color it in before you uh, can move on i was i was one of those people who colored in my homework um, and exam revision timetable before i actually did any revision um, (laughs) because that creative element of me needed an out Um, i don't do it anymore and we've given you some really good tips here today but obviously this is a careers podcast uh, so i can't let it go without talking about applying for jobs. Has anyone got any specific kind of help around this? So thinking about it from a careers perspective, one of the things that I've noticed quite often when working with students is that they are, they've got a range of applications that they want to make, but they're putting it off. And often that's because they are uncertain about what needs to go in the application. There's that if I complete this application and I'm unsuccessful, there's that fear of failure. There's a range of different things that kind of delay somebody's action in terms of completing their job applications or preparing for an interview as well. And they might leave it to very close to the interview date or the deadline date, which can then potentially mean that the application or the interview prep isn't as good as it sh- as it could be. So I guess I would be saying there is 
use your careers team that's what they're there for <laughs> absolutely if you've got an application you know needs to be in for two weeks and actually it's on the back burner and I'll look at it you know the night before you might find out that there's a lot more work involved than you anticipated so have a chat with somebody earlier on give yourself that time to reflect on what you want to put in there and also if it's um, a, an application that feels difficult have a chat with somebody it goes back to what Tara was saying before about you know let other people help you you know what supports there use it my couple of other tips probably maybe I'm kind of shoehorning them in a little bit here because they're not particularly just for career stuff but I just think when you are going to work on whatever you're going to do uh, is making sure that you're doing it in the right environment. I know that's quite challenging at the moment because a lot of students, you know, their preferred place to work is in the library and they obviously haven't got access to the library or somewhere out of their home environment. Environment, But going to a place where you feel that you are able to be productive is really important. Working out when you, what time of day you work best as well. Some people want to get up first thing in the morning and get their work done. Other people it's later in the day. Uh, that they actually perform better, they're more switched on. Um, so those two tips of time and place are really, really important, I think, in terms of working out when you, you're most effective in terms of your working patterns as well. This is a word of caution, really, but often when we're overfaced by lots of tasks, like wanting to do lots of job applications or needing to do lots of job applications, there's a tendency to want to take shortcuts and I hate to say it, but with a job application, tailoring your application is really important. The temptation might be to copy and paste your responses from your um, application to a fast-moving consumer goods manufacturer into the same application for a bank. They're going to have different styles of working. They're going to maybe phrase the question ever so slightly differently. And actually, the references that you've given in your first application might not be necessarily relevant for the other ones that follow. So whilst it sounds laborious really think about the question that's being asked rather than trying to shoehorn it in work that's already been done into the question um, that's being asked of you because you won't benefit from it in the long run and essentially you will uh, you'll fall foul of maybe putting the wrong information into the wrong application which will instantly get you uh, you you dismissed from the uh, the rest of the application if you're writing to Barclays Bank about why you want to work at HSBC they <laughs> they aren't going to take kindly to that so Try and avoid shortcuts if you can, because they can trip you up. Mm, absolutely. We want quality over quantity in careers for applications. It's likely that you'll get an, a question in a graduate job application or even in a placement application around um, how you manage your time. Um, time management is something that um, graduate employers are always looking for. So if you are um, using some of these techniques effectively, then be honest with your employer and explain how you function and how you like to work. Or be very honest with them and say sometimes you do struggle with procrastination because the chances are the, the panel will respect that because actually they probably do as well. Um, but if you can demonstrate that you've acted upon that awareness and that you've got tools and techniques to overcome that, that shows that you're not just accepting that there's a, uh, a style that you've adapted to, but actually you're doing something about it. You're proactive, you're developmental and that you're aware, you're really self-aware of, of your own working style and what, what you're doing about altering that. Sometimes people equate procrastination with laziness mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to maybe 
take those two things apart and people who procrastinate are often quite busy <laughs> there's often that you know saying isn't it? if you want something do and ask a busy person but that busy person probably needs is doing lots of different things <laughs> but um it's not necessarily laziness at all and understanding what's behind that procrastination can help uh, move people on well our service offers therefore a workshop to the students um mental health point of view and it's they run this workshop on procrastination and perfectionism uh, often the perfectionists procrastinate as well. It's not always, you know, they're not always the same, but we offer a workshop on, on both of those. So they happen, I think, two or three times a year, and they're called the, it's called the Wednesday thing. It happens on a Wednesday, and it's all on the, the university website to, to have a look at that. And if you are feeling really overwhelmed by this whole thing, the university can help you. So if you are a student, you can contact the careers team, you can contact wellbeing, you can contact your college welfare advisors. There's loads of people who can help you, even if it's just to say like, oh, I'm really stressed, I really don't know what to do and just talk it out. That can absolutely help. If you're a graduate, if it's around your career, please do get in touch. You can email us at careers at lancaster.ac.uk and we can help you out. But also look at all the resources out there that we've talked about today because we've covered some really good tips. So we've covered some really great stuff throughout this podcast. Have you all just got a really quick top tip that you can share just before we finish? My top tip would be if you've got lots of tasks, possibly do the worst one first to get it out of the way <laughs> and then you build momentum into the other task. I like it. And that was almost the same as my top tip, which was going to be focus on that hardest task when you're at your most productive, which ties in with what yeah. you were saying, and recognise your patterns. My top tip kind of encompasses all three of those, really, which is, <laughs> and I use analogies a lot, so this might help some people, but it might um, confuse the heck out of others, um, to eat a frog every day. So that is the do the nasty task first or the, the difficult task first. Don't try and eat a whole elephant at once, nibble the toes. And another food reference, which is that tomatoes should be part of your staple diet. That Pomodoro method really did help me turn a corner in my procrastination habits so hopefully they'll be uh, useful for you too thank you so much everyone uh, thanks for listening to the get that grad job podcast uh, thank you especially to my brilliant guests tune in next time for more information and advice on getting your grad job see you later bye <laughs>